Hey, good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Bright Lights, uh, where we come to you every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time uh, to bring to you uh, achievers uh, who have achieved great things, overcome obstacles, and faced a lot of challenges, uh, and with a great attitude and work ethics and value, uh, they've overcome obstacles and achieved great things in life. Uh, this evening, guest we have uh, an entrepreneur uh, who uh, immigrated here from Mexico sometime in early 2000, and with her husband and a family, they built two businesses here. Uh, her business is downtown Minneapolis, and she's been facing some of those challenges that's been going on downtown. And, you know, I, it's a pet peeve of mine, so I got to get it in here. Uh, I, I can't believe how they destroyed uh, downtown Minneapolis, probably downtown St. Paul, but they're destroying cities like that all over the country, New York, Chicago, Portland, L.A., you name them all where uh, certain type of leadership is in place. It's, it's bound to happen. It's just a natural outcome, I think. Uh, of course, there are people out there, there who will disagree with me. Uh, and uh, once again, we're coming to you live from our studio here in North Minneapolis. It's a beautiful day, out, as a matter of fact. Uh, as I say, another blessed day in the hood. So, uh, as you know, uh, we should normally start off with me doing a quick weekend review. Uh, sometime my staff remind me that the review is not so quick, <laughs> and I should cut a minute or two off of off of it. But hey, look, I'm in charge here, and so they can say whatever they want. Uh, when they be the boss, they can decide. Uh, so this week, uh, past week. Uh, I guess when I think of a few things, first thing I think about is Saturday. Uh, well, we're, we're good. my two favorite animals are dogs and horses. I just love dogs and I love horses, man. And I just, just there's something uh, just wonderful about dogs as far as their relationship to us and their loyalty and things like that. I mean, I've seen situations where dogs have covered up protected small children that was lost in the woods and things like that for a day or two and that's what dogs do man i just love them and then horses they're just magnificent animals and along that line uh every year uh during the horse race and triple crown the kentucky derby the preakness and the belmont stakes uh i normally visit our local racetrack here uh canterbury downs and, and because I love being out there, I like, love watching the horse races. And I should admit, I like to go out and place a bet uh, during the Triple Crown. I'm not much of a gambler, but that's one time I make an exception. And this week, this uh, past Saturday was the Kentucky Derby. Uh, me and my wife took uh, my little grandson out to the track. Uh, once again, a beautiful day. They had music. Uh, of course, food and fun, but I was disappointed. They even have, have a playground out there for children, and we spent some time on the playground. Uh, but the thing that was missing, which has never happened before, was live horse racing, and they tell me that's not going to begin until next week sometimes, and I was very disappointed in that. I was looking forward to having my son, my grandson, uh, watch the horse racing and things like that, but we'll take him out there for another day on that. Uh, and uh, speaking of betting, uh, I know I used to go out and just bet on someone I think is going to win, the horses I think it's going to win. And I think the most I won there was $385 or something like that. But this year I changed up a little strategy. Well, I had a one strategy going in, a high risk, a higher risk strategy going in where I just bet on the long shots. 
And then at the last minute, I got to the track and didn't have a chance to really prepare myself. I kind of hedged my bets a little bit, and I spread them out a little bit more. Long story short, uh, if I'd followed my original intentions, I might have came out of there winning about $8,000, but I hedged my bet a little bit and ended up winning only, I say only, only $818. And But I got a another strategy for the Preakness coming up next week, and I'm looking to get into five or six figures because where I read where one guy on a $1 bet, he won over $321,000. So I, I think I know how he did it. And I'm going to try to that as part of my strategy next week. And all the people that know me, don't be calling me up after the preakness and saying, how did you do, Lacey? <laughs> and I got this great business idea that I need $10,000. Don't be calling me up with that. Nah, I, 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 I love supporting uh, uh, black entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in the inner city. So I consider all those type of options. Uh, so that was uh, Saturday, uh, Derby Day. Had a great time. And then Sunday, of course, was Mother's Day. And uh, for Mother's Day, I decided that I was going to cook, and I hope I pronounce this right, chicken marsala. And I didn't know marsala was a wine until I brought up a recipe. And so I went and got me a little wine, a little cream, and chicken and mushrooms and things like that. And I must say it turned out pretty good. Had my son and his family over. And anytime I'm with my grandson, that's a great time. So we had a good time on Mother's Day. Uh Good Mother's Day dinner. And then I guess I'll end on just recognition of mothers on Mother's Day. And I'll start with my mom. Uh, you probably have heard that uh, I, and some of you have heard this, and I'm repeating myself to some of you, but first of all, uh, my mom was the most influential person in my life. And uh, uh, she was just strong, steady dedicated, hardworking. She was the smartest person I've ever met. I've ever met. And keep in mind, I've been around a lot of people with degrees and I've been working in technical engineering computers all my life. And uh, my mom was the smartest person I've ever met. And I never forget that. She had some very great examples for me. Uh, she set some high standards as far as working hard and making good choices, uh, value in education. And one thing I appreciate about her is that, uh, you know, I was a pretty good uh, student and I was a pretty good kid and pretty obedient. A long story short, after the, I got to the ninth grade, she basically uh, let me make decisions about my own life. And I really appreciated that. But, you know, I grew up in an environment where young men, once they got 12, 13 years old, uh, they started treating us like men. Uh, with the expectation of men and being responsible like me. And I really appreciated that. And as a result, because they expected me to act like a man, uh, that's what I started trying doing at a very early age. So that's as far as my mom is concerned. And, uh, and she's the most blessed thing that has happened to me. In fact, uh, when I look back over my life, besides my uh, spiritual foundation, Look, just having two parents, I think, was the most influential, second most influential things in my life. Two loving, supportive parents that set good examples for me and set high uh, expectations for me. And in fact, when I look back on it, if I had to boil my life down to a few simple things, one of them would be 
I live my life to please my parents and make sure I let them know uh, that uh, I appreciated all, all the hard work and sacrifice uh, that they did for me. And I think one of the things that's missing today is a lot of our younger generation don't see that same hard work and sacrifice in their parents or to see them uh, and uh, understand commitment where you stay in a relationship and you work through things for the sake of the kids. In fact, uh, I'm of the opinion that uh, if we put our children first in our lives and everything we decide and do, uh, we will live uh, probably a fruitful life. So that's my mom. And then, of course, my children's wife, my children's mom, who is my wife, uh, she's just been the most uh, dependable, steady, uh, responsible mother I've known. Uh, I, I tease her sometimes that she's a kid whisperer because with my uh, two boys when they were young, she could get them to do any, teach them to do anything in, in 30 seconds almost, uh, whether it's how to come down the stairs when they can't walk or ride a bicycle or whatever. I mean, she just have a knack and she has that same knack. Uh, with my grandson, who could be kind of difficult at times, but she can get him to do almost anything. But she's just been a great uh, mother also. So I'm going to bring on our guests here, uh, but I'm going to leave uh, you with this, and it's one of my favorite sayings, and it comes from the ex-college uh, coach of UCLA. And I just love this saying, man, and we seem to forgot to have forgotten about this. And we wonder why all this crazy stuff is going on sometime in some of our streets and things like that. Uh, but he made the quote that the best thing a man can do for his children is to love their mother. And that, that is so true, man. I mean, uh, and it's about the children. And I often talk about a spiritual base and really a lot of it just boiled down to you realize that's, that there's a lot of things and people in, in your life that's more, uh, I should say more important than you, but uh, that's uh, require uh, your dedication, commitment and support and love of. And I really like that saying, but I, I would just adjust it a little bit and say, the best thing that a man can do for his children is to love and marry their mother. And if we ever get back to that, I think a lot of these issues we see out here that's been hanging around for decades, we'll see them slowly disappear. And until we get back to that, I don't think they're going to disappear, even as we got people out there whose stated goals are the destruction of the nuclear family. And if you don't know who they are, I suggest you go out and do some research to find out who they are. And you'll be surprised you're supporting some of those people. Okay, that's my two cents worth, my soapbox talk for today. Uh, looking forward to bringing our guest on and I'm gonna bring her on right now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, ask you to welcome Maricela Galarzo. And she's gonna tell me, I didn't quite pronounce her name correctly, uh, uh, welcome to Bright Lights, uh, Maricela. How you doing? Hey, how are you? All right. Uh, you are you at work right now, or? Yes, I am. Yeah, you strike me as that person that I met you a couple <laughs> times. Who's always working. You're like my mom. Uh, I'm always working. Always working. Always working. And in fact, you like to you probably grew up in a culture like I did, where working was like breathing to the people that I grew up around. They just worked all the time. And that was a good thing. And one of the challenges we face today is that 
people often forget about work. They want results without work. And they want success without work. And uh, this is crazy kind of way of looking at things. Okay, so let's talk a little bit. And I should explain to our audience that uh, I love smoothies. <laughs> and uh, I get a taste of smoothies every once in a while. And I went up and see where's the closest smoothie place. And they brought a couple of them. And I tried a couple of those. And I saw a planted smoothie downtown Minneapolis on the Nicollet Mall. So I went and bought me a couple of smoothies because sometimes I buy two or three and save them, freeze them, and save them for the next day. And I got a chance to meet your husband, actually. Uh, okay. Yeah. It, uh, Seth, right? Seth, yeah. Seth. I met mm -hmm. him and talked to him, and he told me the story. And I and, and that was actually, there was an article on the wall there. Yeah, and I'm just the type of person I just I'm just a compulsive reader, and so I, I couldn't resist reading that. And I so read, read about your story, and how you and your husband had uh, saved up some money and decided to open up this Planet Smoothie, and, and you started off things was looking pretty good, and about that time, uh, they came along and shut down downtown, and you lost your customer base. So we'll get into that uh, shortly here. But first of all, uh, let's find out a little bit about your background. Uh, uh, Maricela. So, uh, uh, tell me about where you were born and your family life growing up and some of the people that influenced you uh, uh, during your early childhood. So, yeah, I am original from Mexico. I grew up in Mexico until my 17. Yeah, 17. I moved to Chicago. Um, yeah, unfortunately, my dad left my mom when I was 12, and I am the second of the olders. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of like the only support my mom will have at that time. We're six sisters. So she got left alone with six girls doing, I mean, have nothing to support us, not even to give us food or anything. So I had the opportunity to come to Chicago with my mom's sister, and then I didn't think about it. Um, when I was in Mexico, I loved to go to school. I always was dreaming myself being a lawyer, being a teacher, but because of that situation, I didn't have opportunity to go to school. I had to start working when I was maybe 13, 15, at age of 15, I was already out of the house working, trying to make some money to help my mom. And that's the reason why I came to Chicago. But then I met my husband and everything turned around. Like, <laughs> it was not what I promised my mom. She told me, you promised me you're not going to go there and get married or any, I'm not crazy, mom. I ain't going to do that. And that was the first thing I did. Um, yeah, well, I met can, I, can, I can I interject right quick? Uh, what's crazy about getting married? That, married that, it's like most most parents would want their daughter to well, get married, and yeah, but the thing is, you came to a new city, a new place where I don't even know the language, I didn't know anybody, so I'm still a little kid at 17, right. and my mom was like you make sure you're not going to go there and just find a guy because you can't trust them. We don't know them. You know, things like that. Uh, like okay, every yeah, mom uh, will say, you don't know yeah. them. You should talk to them. That's what right. I told my daughter now. Right, right. Um, 
but yeah, I met my husband and it was three months after we met that we saw for the first time that we were getting married three months later. And that was in Chicago. We have our first child. And I'm always like to work because this is that environment that I grew up. My mom used mm -hmm. to have like a little mini grocery store there. And mm -hmm. I always help her to run the store. So that's kind of like in my blood, the business thing. It's, it's right. on me already. So when you say your mom had a, a little grocery store there, are we talking about in Chicago? No, that was in Mexico. In, in Mexico, which which mm -hmm. which uh, uh, leads me to another question: What city in Mexico were you born and raised in? Uh, in Michoacan. I always ask that, but if it's not a big or something, I know. Michoacan, <laughs> yeah. Michoacan. Yes, Michoacan. Yes. Uh, uh, tell me some city in Mexico that we. Uh, Americans, I guess uh, we might know of that's close to your hometown. Okay, I'll say okay. So, Michoacan is connected to Guadalajara, Jalisco. I'm pretty sure uh -huh. a lot of people know Guadalajara, Jalisco. Uh, huh? no, I, uh, Mexico no, City. I okay, we're like four hours. Oh, I know Mexico, Mexico City. City. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, how far were you from Mexico City? About four hours. Okay, that's that's good. Uh, north, south, east, or west of Mexico, Mexico City. I believe I have no idea. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's understandable. I, I just remember at one time I think Mexico City was the most populous city in the world. It with twenty-four million people, and I always heard that uh, it could be rather dangerous for tourists. But that's a whole another story. Okay. So you had it was you and five sisters, right? Yes. Yeah, and by the way. Uh, when uh, my wife's mom found out she had a boyfriend, she was happy because uh, she figured that would help. That's that's help. That's part of her safety and protection that she got a good guy. And and and, and by the way, uh, how both my wife and I are southern southerners, rural southerners. And once her mom found out that, she was like, "Okay, that's cool. He's 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 pretty good guy." Uh, and she was really really happy that she had found someone like me. I didn't realize 40 years ago. <laughs> I, I didn't realize 40 years ago we'd be still together, but uh, that's a blessing too. Okay, so you, you're in Chicago. Uh, now, what type of job were you working again in Chicago? In Chicago, my husband and I, we uh, he was already there when I got in there. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the uh, Motorola cell phones where okay, they okay. assembly all the phones and everything. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that was my first job in Chicago. Okay, so then you and he, and, and by that time, I think I heard you say you had one child. Yeah. You, just, you decided it was time to leave the Windy City and come to Minnesota and and start building a life, family life. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I was there in Chicago and then got pregnant, so I was not able to work because at that time my family was still in Mexico, mom and sisters, and his family was here in Minnesota. My son was the first grandchild. Obviously, they wanted to spend time with him and that kind of thing. So so we got like, okay, if we move to Minnesota, they will help us with the kid. Maricela will be able to work, which is something that I always wanted to. I love my house. I love to cook. Well, once a month, not every day. 
but I am not the type of person who will stay home all the time. So I needed work, and the only way for me, and at the same time have the kids safe, it's to have it with some family members, oh. and that's the reason why we moved to Minnesota. Okay, and uh, I'm going to get in trouble with the politically correct crowd, but how is it that you get away? How is it that Seth, your husband, let you get away with only cooking once a month? <laughs> how does that work? I mean, cooks better than me. <laughs> So this this is what he used to do when when we got married the first I don't know couple months or whatever uh, He will ask me to cook something. I'm from Michoacan. He's from Durango. Durango is more like North than Mexico mm -hmm. So we have totally different ways to cook And the first thing I cooked for him it was enchiladas He didn't mm -hmm. like them. So what he did he grabbed spicy sauce and put a lot of spicy sauce in it, but he didn't tell me he didn't like it. This so every time I see mm -hmm. every time I see him grabbing the spicy sauce, I know he does not like my food, <laughs> but he doesn't say it. <laughs> well, so, I go ahead, uh -huh. go ahead, go ahead, Marisela. <laughs> sorry, no, I'm just well, giving too much information. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, it remind me, I tell everybody, if I'm a chef at a fancy restaurant and I bring the meal out and the first thing the the diners do is reach for the salt and pepper, I'm, 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 I get a little bit worried about that. So I understand what you're saying there. And, <laughs> yeah. and I admire the fact that you admit that your husband, at least publicly, that your husband is a better cook than you. Yes. Uh, a little secret, I'm a better cook than my wife, by the way, but I can't let anybody know that. And you she can't let never, anybody know. Yeah, I can't let anybody know that, and she'll never admit it in public. And he's very smart. She's still, still teaching me this. If I don't like how she cooks something exactly, the expectation is to keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still learning that one. And uh, that's because I'm concerned if I keep quiet, she's going to keep fixing it that way. <laughs> But anyway, I, I understand that. I'm, and I'm, I'm the major main cook in my household, too. Now, I love cooking, as a matter of fact. Okay, so now you're in Minnesota, mm -hmm. and you're with your husband's family. And you, what did you, what did you and your husband do uh, career-wise or job-wise once you arrived here in uh, Minnesota? So we got here, and then my husband, he found a job, right? And that was in Anoka. Uh, he was doing uh, like a welding and all the metal stuff. It was in a factory. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he was there for like almost 15 years. I started working kind of similar job in St. Paul, but it was not until after a month. Um, yeah, it was really, really hard work. It was more like man's work in there. We were cutting those big old metals. Uh, how can I say? Like we we were forming from a little tiny square, a big old door, if you wanted to say, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of metal. So we were dealing with oil. I used to wear a helmet, uh, a, a safety tote boots, and that kind of thing. So it was more like a man job. But that was the only thing I found at that time because I was not able to drive at that time. So I was so scared on the highway. Mm -hmm. So I had to ride with somebody else, um, and it was like his family was working there too. So 
it was like right. so easy and comfortable for me right but it didn't last longer because i didn't like that job <laughs> <laughs> i didn't like that job how long before you learn to drive and get uh, uh, um, get over your fear of driving and started so driving. after we got here in minnesota it took me like a month to get a job and maybe three weeks after i got hired in that place the guy who used to give us a ride he was always complaining in the morning about women's why don't you learn how to drive and this is my husband uncle i'm gonna get in trouble Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you guys learn how to drive why do i need to get up every day in the morning to give you a ride and you know right. he's an old guy so i got tired of that and and i already know how to drive a little bit but you know like in small uh places where no traffic never on the highway um so i told my husband you know what i can't handle your uncle anymore i'm not i'm not gonna take this so I'm taking the car on Monday. And he goes like, but you're not ready for the highway. And I'm like, yes, I am. And I still have no permit, no license. <laughs> but I did grab the car. And I told his mom, it's up to you if you want to keep listening to your brother or you commit. She did come with me. And then wow. since, that, since that, I've been driving the whole Twin Cities. It's it's uh. It was really a challenge for me because I didn't know the language very well, and I'm still don't know, and I didn't know the city at all. I remember when we got here, I asked somebody where to Target or Walmart place the gapers for my kid, and they sent me like at the end of the world, and it was Target right around the corner. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. those are the things that you go through when you don't know. Right, right. And uh, you hadn't gotten around to Googling and, and, and things on the internet and looking up where's the closest. Back uh, then, it was no, no I mean, the right, phone right. that I was carrying, it was big old phone, like a brick, but a flip <laughs> flop phone or whatever you call. Um, uh, I, I don't know if it was such thing as a Google. I didn't know. It wasn't in my mind. Okay, so, uh, Maricela, I. I'm assuming that you eventually got your driver's license. Tell, please tell me you did. <laughs> you got, oh, you, you you got your driver's license. Yes, I do. Okay, good, good, good. Yes, and, yes and I have you, my license. Yeah, and, and you uh, got over some of your anxieties of driving. Okay, yeah. okay, good, good, good. Now, uh, so you're working at this uh, plant. Uh, you're. Uh, older i think it was your uncle got on your nerves about always whining about having to drive you around and you took it upon yourself to do it uh you decided to do it to drive yourself to work even though you did not have a permit or driver's license and your husband went along with that your loving husband would say oh, okay uh and uh eventually though uh you transition away from that job and I- i'm assuming all the time you're thinking about your other dreams that you mentioned uh earlier uh, you're going to grow up to be a doctor or lawyer or something so i'm assuming while you're at this plant you're dreaming of your future and what you want to do tell us about that and how that came to fruition yeah so my husband and i we always dream about have our own thing so it was always like a should we do a restaurant should we do a you know like a grocery store or something we always wanted to have our own thing so we're not spend the rest of our lives working in a factory like a lot of other people does 
mm-hmm. and it's not because it's not right or it's is not a job that that you it, it's it's a good job it's just i don't know for me it's like with all the the things that i come from mm-hmm. it's just like this is means a lot for us to get to this okay. point where we're at the planet take us a lot of work a lot of effort a lot of you know up and downs we're gonna do this year no it's not gonna happen we're gonna do next year but we have always had the dream about do something mm-hmm. how do we became with planet smoothie idea um still not sure this is all his idea uh, but it was more like previous job the planet smoothie because we've been doing the cleaning for more than 20 years and then um I was working on a place on, uh, on a brickery, making bread, packing bread and stuff like that. Uh, first, I was really happy. I loved the, the type of work. It was a maze for me how you do all the stuff from the flour to packing the bread and all the things. It was just a maze. But, you know, it gets to the point where I can't grow anymore. I can't do anything else. And it feels like I need them. The brain doesn't stop. And... It was no more space for me in that place. It, mm-hmm. it was no way to go. They're like, whatever I'm trying to go, it's just, it's not going to let me grow. I need to move. I need to do something different. Mm-hmm. And that's when we start looking at it, what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go find another factory and stay there again. Or is it time for us to start our own thing? And, you, and that's when we decide, and maybe the end of 2017, that's when we started a look. We mm-hmm. find a plan of smoothie. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Arizona just to try the smoothies. That's the more expensive smoothie we ever have in our lives. <laughs> it was only like a during the weekend. We, uh-huh. there. we met the people from Corpo, and we decided we were going to do it. But we thought it was just that easy as I pick up the phone and then I go to open a smoothie shop. Okay. Uh-huh. It was not like that. Right, right. It was, it was more than that. That's why it takes us forever to open. When, well, a couple of things. When you say take you forever to open, how long was the process from when you decided to, I think you went to Arizona to talk to these people, uh, that first discussion in the time that you really opened your business? How long of a process was it? It was about close to two years. Oh, wow. Close and why uh, uh, did you ever get frustrated during that process? And were you ever tempted to many give times, up? Many times. Uh-huh. I was like, because uh, I'm still doing my other job and I'm in my other job crying. I am saying, no, this is not going to happen. I don't see myself making smoothies. I don't see myself uh, owning a a smoothie shop. I'm just going to spend the rest of my life here because that ain't going to happen. Because things were going totally the opposite of how we thought it was going to be. But then it comes another day where I was like, yep, this is going to happen. You just got to be faith and you got to believe. And I told my husband, it's just, this is not in our time. It's in God time. We can have all plans and whatever you want. But if it's not our time, it's just not going to be. So let's just right. 
let things happen and let's do what is in our hands and yeah. then the rest of the stuff better be on god i, I like that uh uh trusted in god's uh aspect of your message so uh you mentioned, let me go back a quick, uh, about your, you and your husband as business partners. Uh, do you remember what are some of the main things besides the physical uh, uh, characteristic traits of value that attracted you to your husband in the first place? Uh, yeah, I guess, like I said, the, the, they wanted to do something different. They wanted right. to show our kids that it doesn't matter where you coming from, where's your background, or what is even your school, your school education. If you wanted to do something, you work hard, you dedicate, and yeah, easy is not gonna be easy. Right. We have through that. I can tell you the whole thing we went through, and you're not gonna believe. But you just have to be, uh, like you gotta be consistent. You have to. Keep following your dreams, and it, it it will happen when it's the right time for you. you. The right time will come if you continue to work, if you continue to dream, and just don't give up. Because there were hundreds of times that we were just like, you know what, just forget it. We don't need to go through all this headache, all these issues that we were like, no, we're not going to do it anymore. And then the next day, yeah, we will do it. Right, you know? right, right. And then uh, I like that part because to me, what you're talking about is just a uh, tenacity and, like you said, commitment and, and pursuing a goal. Uh, I like the fact that, in fact, what you just said is probably the theme of our podcast that, you know, you can be anything you want to be. And you have to have to be committed and have a goal that you're willing to work towards and sacrifice. And, and it's not going to be easy. I mean, that's that's. And my other part about it, when I talk to my kids and any other children, uh, is don't expect for it to be fair either. You gotta, you just gotta work through all of that, and keep your mind on your goal, and, and have, just have a, a attitude that nothing's gonna stop you. So I really appreciate that message. So, uh, you spend two years going through the bureaucratic process uh, to acquire your Planet Smoothie uh, business. Uh, do you remember the day that you got the news that, hey, uh, you've been approved or whatever the word is, and it's, you, you can open up your business? Um, no, I don't remember exactly. But it takes us forever because, well, first of all, start with the credit. Our credit was in the ground, so mm -hmm. we have to fix that. And then the second thing, got to keep in mind, Planet Smoothie is the only Planet Smoothie in the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. So just to get the city permit, it takes forever because they do have to uh, figure where is uh, Planet Smoothie coming from? Where is the base? Is it really a thing or it's not? So, and then it was it was yeah. a lot going yeah. like that. And then um, even the building had issues. Nothing went how we wanted to, you know. Uh -huh. it, it was just a little bit of everything that it keeps holding us back, holding us back. So did I know now you're on Nicollet uh, for our audience who know Minneapolis for the way out between 6th Street and 7th Street. Uh, was that your first location? 
that we that we uh, uh that open up your, your planet smoothie was that yeah. the first okay 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 and that's a pretty uh nice building there and so you get so what year did you what do you remember what month and year you finally opened up your business and had your first customer yes we opened on january 2020 about 11 in the morning because that week was actually the week of the training for us to learn how to do the smoothies and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But people were knocking on the window. Are you guys open? Are you guys open? Because they see lights in the, in the space. So they were mm -hmm. like, are you guys open? So the guy that it was given as a training, he goes like, let's just open the door tomorrow. It was in a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Let's open the door tomorrow and see how it goes. So you guys will learn as it goes. So we were learning with the customers. I'm so sorry for all of those that got mango instead of peaches or strawberries instead of bananas. <laughs> because we were learning. Um, I used to tell the crew, well, they don't know that we don't know. So that's right. how we learn. Now, I noticed that you mentioned a crew. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I think of a crew, I think of more than just you and your husband and the trainer. Exactly. So exactly. tell us about tell us about this crew that you had. Yep. Uh, how, we have how many... four people working with us in the morning, and then I have two people in the afternoon. Oh. So it was a total of six people, and obviously myself, my husband, and the kids were walking in and out sometimes. Oh, okay. So, okay. yeah, we have people working with us, but then after the pandemic, I have to let everybody go. Right. And, 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 you know, uh, I think I vaguely remember all the things that happened there, but when you say after the pandemic, uh, I'm assuming you mean that because of policy, government policy, you were forced to... Oh. No. It was so, not... Okay, so you just lost customers. Uh, Go ahead. Why don't you explain? Pretty much everyone. This is this is how I describe the, the open of the Planet Smoothie from day one to the pandemic, March twenty first, when everybody went home to work for home or whatever. Uh, I told my husband, "This is like when you take the plane and it take off and it goes way up higher." That's how Planet Smoothie started. Mm -hmm. And then on March 21st, the plane crashed without even saying, here I come. So mm -hmm. it was literally no one here. So who am I going to sell the smoothies? What, how am I going to pay these people that I have here working for us? Right. It, it was just like, no way. We wow. went from selling 120, 130 smoothies per day to sell five smoothies in a 12-hour shift. Wow. Now, what, because uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself and uh, betray uh, my remembrance of things, but what exactly happened on March 21st? Uh, what's the significance of that day where you just realized I got to let everybody go? Oh, well, the, that was the day when pretty much all the people that it works here around the area mm -hmm. uh, got sent work for home. Right, right, right. Okay, okay, so, okay. Right, right. That was okay. kind of like that was it. Everybody left. I don't know why that day got stuck in my brain, but that's when everybody okay. went home. I get to see people carrying their uh, computers and whatever paperwork. They were carrying like a luggage or something. Um, right. 
So yeah, were sad. you were you surprised by this or did you know this was coming on March 21st? Well, you hear them on the news. You heard them. Okay, they were talking you. about they were got going you. to work from home just to, you know, prevent the pandemic get worse and stuff like that. Um, right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I never thought it was going to be that bad. Right. So now here you are with this business. You have expenses. Uh, you which I mean, your biggest expense in normal business is your labor, which you, you you could adjust to that, even though I'm quite sure it was painful because you know the people and you, you hate to see people lose their jobs. Um, mm -hmm. and, but all of a sudden you go from selling 100 or so a smoothies per day down to five or six. That has a financial impact on you, your business, your family and everything. <laughs> And it sound it sounds like a big impact. And how did how what was your you and your husband's reaction to this? Uh, that all of a sudden, and I know you got a business that our audience understand that you're at work and you're taking out time. I'm sorry, for us, so that's fine. It's just, no, so no, for no. this to happen, my son is working there, and I'm just watching the camera. He has people there. He had orders. People calling, so I'm just answering the phone and hanging up again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, so, so tell us about the impact on your life of this decline in business as a result of loss of customers. Yeah. So we lost all the customers. Now, what we're we gonna do? How are we gonna maintain this? This is something that we just opened. This is something where we put all our savings. Our house is in there too. Ooh. We own. All this money, I mean, this is totally not the picture you want about business Ooh. because, you know, we thought it was going to be really good, so mm -hmm. we don't have to worry about much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not selling. There's no one here, and we own all this. Mm -hmm. yes, it got really frustrated. It got really um, stressful. Um, Ten God, we have... The five people that it was always coming every day for that five people, six people, we did stay open. Wow. And a friend tell a friend, so now we have five, we have six. Um, for so many months, we were selling $49, $50. The day that I came and I have $100, I was like crying. Like I called my husband and I said, you cannot believe the sales today. He's like, what, what was it? I'm like, I got $110. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. So uh, in order uh -huh. for us to continue here, and the reason what we kept is the rent guy, uh, I mean, the, the building owner, says you guys pay what you can for rent. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that was a big help. Um, and then the main thing is we're still doing the cleaning, so that's how we still hear. Right. And that's right, how right. we maintain the business. Right. Because he has to use our money from the cleaning business to support business, to keep this mm -hmm. business. Okay. And yeah, those are one of the sacrifices that 
not many people know about it. You don't see it, but this is the cost of having a business to keep it up because uh, even with all of that, it wouldn't be so easy for us to say, you know what, let's just close and forget it. This is not going to work. We don't know if we're ever going to come back better or not. Yeah. But we always have faith that we have a good product. We try to do our best of customer service. And and you guys are really good to support us and helping us. And like I said, a friend tell a friend. I see you on Facebook. I see you in Snapchat. Especially those younger kids, they keep telling me, oh, we see you in Snapchat. I have no idea how you do a Snapchat, but they do. Right. Well, um, I'm not going to get into too much details, but I've just uh, had a lot of empathy for the small business owners. Uh, during the pandemic and some of the uh, riots and stuff that happened in Minneapolis. And I'll just say that, uh, and I have confidence in my understanding of what was going on. Uh, a lot of it was totally ne- uh, unnecessary. And I think that uh, in a lot of these cities, they didn't ap- really appreciate the sacrifice and investment and the impact on small businesses of some of their policies and it's just ridiculous and even now i go down to downtown minneapolis and i see uh, all the business that didn't survive and i'm just gonna say and anybody out there who disagree with me i'll be glad to have a dialogue with you and anything else it was totally unnecessary it really was so yes. i mean there was there was gonna be uh, i mean you're gonna suffer some but some of their policies and, and by the way I've talked to a lot of business people downtown. Some of the things the city of Minneapolis was doing to business people is just totally uncalled for and as if they were hostile to businesses. And if you ever dealt with some of those people in the <laughs> in the city of Minneapolis, it's because they are hostile to businesses. Uh, and But we keep putting them in offices. And, oh, boy, I don't understand that. We keep voting for these folks. Okay. So, uh, so now you've opened up this Planet Smoothie. Uh, you've gone from high revenues uh to very minimal revenues uh thank god that you had a landlord who worked with you and was patient and things like that uh have you seen uh business start to improve lately yeah okay okay good and i'm assuming it gives you hope uh that uh your original green dreams and things for your business is going to come to fruition uh okay okay and have you do you have you started back uh turning a profit and maybe you never did but are things looking uh, fairly well as expenses versus revenues and and p and l and bottom lines there uh when uh, and and basically it's a long complicated compounded question way <laughs> uh, get to uh, when you look uh, uh, into the future. When do you see where? Okay, I'm where I really uh, want to be right now, and I'm ready to grow this business even further. Uh, how far are you away from being profitable? If you were to estimate. Well, I'll say right now the business is definitely picking up. It's a lot of better. I'll say maybe we are like 50, 55% of okay. what we were. What you were? Uh-huh. Um, 
it'd be hard for me to say in one year in two months we're gonna right. get to the point because we don't know what it comes right but i'm right. pretty sure that this is only gonna go better and better right. every day because right. this is how like every day i get up and i'm like today's gonna be better than to- than yesterday and tomorrow will be better than today and that's mm-hmm. my mentality and 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 it really is it's not just because I say so, it, it really is. There's definitely more people in here that is willing to support us. And I have people like this guys that are in soup and everything. They look like they got a lot of money and they're like, oh, we tell our corporate about you guys and we love your smoothies. And it's just that the support that it feels from the people that comes to the store that it makes me hope and it makes me, makes me believe that this is only going to get better. Yeah. I have no time to say it'd be one or two years. But sound like you are committed and dedicated to uh, hanging in there and seeing it out until you get where you want it to be. And I really love that idea. Yeah, because I love this job. This is the best thing ever happened to us. This is a great decision. It takes us a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of angry kids at home because so many times they got left alone because mom has to work to make money. Who knows what business she wants to have now. They know Mm -hmm. what the business was. And just to show them that it's it's just so easy to say, okay, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'll give up. But that's not the way. That's right, not the right, way. Right, right. I remember uh, someone told me when I was young, if you quit now, you're going to be quitting all the rest of your life. So whatever you're doing, uh, don't quit at it. Now, a uh, couple occasions you have mentioned your children, and uh, mm-hmm. I was intending to ask you about that. How many children do you have, and, and what are their agendas, and how old are they? So I have three kids. Uh, the first one is Jonathan. He's 23 years old, and he's an auto diesel mechanical. I'm really proud of him. Mm-hmm. And then I also have Bryant. He is about to be 20 this year. Uh, right now, he's not working. He's the most, the biggest supporter of the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, he's right there around helping customers while I'm here talking to you. Mm-hmm. We gonna yeah, get y'all because we know you gotta go to work. Okay, yeah, go ahead. You <laughs> yes. got Jonathan. Uh huh. Yes. So yeah, Jonathan is the oldest, and he's an auto mechanical, right. and then Brian okay. is the one in the store all the time. Okay. And then I got my daughter Annalise. She it will be fifteen this year, and she's in school. Okay. She okay. comes to the store when she have no school and in summertime she knows she will spend it in here. She's not that happy, but I'm like, this is a family business and we yeah. all got to work together. It's like, they've been working with me since day one. My daughter says, since I'm, since I'm in the stomach, I'm already working because <laughs> when I was doing the cleaning, right. they taught me to clean. Right. So, well, they should know and they will know that a lot of things that made us unhappy uh, when we were yet growing up serve us very well once we get old and uh, they will find that message out. So now I do know that uh, 
you work, you put in about 12 hours a day down there yes. at Planet Smoothie. And from what time, what time do you open up and what time do you close? We open seven in the morning to seven in the afternoon, Friday, uh, Monday to Friday. And I'm here all the time. Now, uh, my, my husband opened on Saturdays, uh, eight to seven, but I try to be here half a day. So I kind of have half a days on Saturdays, but not all Saturdays. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's how I remember it because I met your husband first. I came down on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a Saturday when I came down there and, and I was talking to him and I was reading the story. Now, speaking of reading your stories, I thought the story I read on your wall down there mentioned the fact that you guys had put uh, six figures into the planet's food there. Am I remembering that correctly? Or, uh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, well, I, you can stop me or deny it or whatever. But I just remember reading somewhere like a half a million dollars yes. in that article. Yes. And that's when, you know, it doesn't take much to, for me to just get upset with our government and politicians and things like that and just things that they do. That's when I really, really uh, got somewhat... Uh, what's the word I'm looking at? I'll say upset. But, uh, I mean, there's a whole lot of people out there who's invested their life savings in these businesses. And in a lot of these places, the politician and the government leaders didn't seem to care. And I understand that we want to protect people's lives and things, but there's got to be a better balance than this, people. And you're not the only one. I've, I've, I've met some people who've lost their life savings around some of the policies and things that was around here. Okay, but you're, you're hanging in there. It looks like things are going very well. So what do you see now as your biggest challenge to attracting more customers besides just more businesses opening up downtown? Is there something else that might help improve your, the business climate for you and other people downtown? Yeah, I mean, I think we all need all corporates to come back to work. And obviously, in my case, let people know that we're here. Because like I said, the time that we open, it's only one Planet Smoothie. Nobody knows. Sometimes you tell people Planet Smoothie and they're like, what the heck is Planet Smoothie? Never heard about it. So if you don't know, you probably don't trust it very well. So right. this is one of our bigger challenges, and, and I mean, and survive, survive. Right, right. We, well, you're going to get me started again because another one of my pet peeves is that after the George Floyd incident, there's a lot of people raising a lot of money. And hardly anyone thought about, even now, I mean, there should be some place, as far as I'm concerned, uh, for to help make you whole on your $500,000 investment, do something to help businesses out. And there's a lot of money flowing around this town, but it doesn't seem like any of us are going to entrepreneurs and businesses, man. No. It's, just, it's just totally ridiculous, man. But once again, uh, you don't have to comment on it. That's the type of people we got in place to power downtown Minneapolis in the state of Minnesota. And for some reason, and I haven't quite understood it yet, the people keep voting for these people. I, I just don't get it. And anyway, um, I was reading somewhere where Black Lives Matter raised $150 million. <laughs> and not one black business I know has got a dime of it. 
a lot of them have gone out of business. In fact, I know a lot of the black businesses and small businesses downtown Minneapolis and other places here. They are just struggling, and no one seems to care about them. And it's just, it's really sad. But we are, we'll talk to some, I know some people in places, so we'll talk and see whether or not we can do some things uh, better, come up with some better policies. Uh, hopefully, uh, after the next election, we'll have some people who understand uh, and appreciate small business people a lot more. Uh, I, I've been on record. I don't know where people think money comes from besides business people uh, creating it. You know, the revenue, most of it, whether it's government money or whatever, of course, uh, there are those people out there that believes in the modern monetary theory where all you got to do is print money. You ain't got to work for it. So that's a whole different story either. Uh, 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 also, okay, so uh, what's your outlook for the future? Your things are picking up. Uh, we talked about your 12-hour days now. What people don't know, and I don't think we've mentioned, is that after 12 hours at the smoothie place, you go and help your husband out with the cleaning business. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I hesitate to ask questions that I have not prepared people for. But, Maricela, how many hours do you work on, uh, on an average day, a, a typical day? Yeah, say 15, 16 hours. It depends. Sometimes the cleaning requires more time. Sometimes it doesn't. Right, uh, again, right. the kids are always involved, especially Brian. Uh, he always helping. Like yesterday, he come to me to help out, and then you know, we just right. trying to make it work all together. Like, uh, mm -hmm. uh, call and see how far you are. Where you need me to go? You need help? No, go home. Go get some rest. No, I need you here. You know, it's it's just like, but yeah, it, it's it's always like 15, 16 hours per day. Right, and now uh, there are those who. Are hesitant to work with a spouse, uh, a spouse, because they think it put too much pressure on their marriages and things like that. Uh, how has that worked out for? <laughs> this is one of them thin ice questions. Uh, how how has that worked out for you and your husband? Well, we are really good workers, uh, partners. We work really well together, and then. Many, many years ago, I used to, like, if I get mad at you, I'm not helping you to clean. But it gets to the point that we're not going to get out of this if we're not work together. Right. We're not going to accomplish anything if we're not doing what we say we we're going to do. Right. So regardless of our marriage or our situation, our personal thing is personal thing. Right. The work is and we got to do it whether we hate each other at the moment or we are so happy together. I love it's, that it's, it's, it's our job. It's our responsibility. Like, I'm I'm here on the store, and this is my job. Right. And right. When we all here together is working, I'm the boss. <laughs> so you got to listen to me. But we're working together. We're co-workers. We're not. You're not the husband. You're not the son. I'm not the mom. You know your role. I know my role. We all got to make this work. That's well, how we do so it. I don't know. Maybe somebody had a different um, secret. Can anyone tell me how to do it? No, it sounds like you got it worked out pretty good there, except you mentioned that at work you're the boss, 
and uh, <laughs> that's just it, 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 I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, but he's he's lucky of only at work you the boss. <laughs> uh, so so right now uh, you talked about uh, the type of messages and values that you've instilled in your children as far as hard work and sacrifice and setting goals. Uh, and we talked about this briefly. Uh, there are a group of young people nowadays who are critical of work, critical of capitalism, and critical of this country. Sound like you are not one of those people and not uh, you and your husband. Uh, what would you say, what message would you send to, uh, let's say, young people out there uh, who uh, don't, don't appreciate the fact that they can be anything they want to be and that the free enterprise system does offer you opportunities and that this country offers you opportunities that you perhaps won't find anywhere else. Do you have a message for those young people out there? Well, this is what I always tell my son, Ryan and Jonathan, but Jonathan sometimes don't listen to me. It's that if you want something, you can always get it, but you always have to make a plan and work a plan. Don't expect in mommy or daddy to give you anything. I love because, that. Because uh, as a parent, we can only do so much for them. And there are things that you have to do on your own. And you yeah. want to be success. You have to willing to take the sacrifice. You have to willing to work. The extra hour. The extra, like everybody says, the extra mile. If you're not willing to give the extra mile, you're just never going to get anything accomplished. And I just mm -hmm. told Ryan not too long ago, if you really want to be success in life, you have to follow your dreams. But sometimes it will get sacrificed. Sometimes it's not going to look how you want it to. Don't expect them to start a project and, it, and you're going to see results at the next day. Right. It's, it's going to be so many failures before you see the real results of what you're trying to do. But everything starts from your house. And right. he's like, what do you mean everything starts from the house? If you're not able to do your own things, your own shorts at home, like simple thing like doing your bed in the morning when you get up, if oh, you yeah. can't do that, sorry, buddy. You won't be able to do nothing. Because it called discipline. It calls responsibility. I get up in the morning, the first thing I got to do is my bed. So when I start a project, a little or a big project, I started, I finish. But it has to be a discipline. It has to be. It's it's a lot of work. No one says it can be easy. And it's not going to be easy. And if it's that easy, it's not going to have value. It's not going to have, you know, you don't appreciate anything when it doesn't cost you. Right. That's how I grew up. I have to work for everything that I want. I have to work really hard. If I want to get a sweatshirt, a new sweatshirt, I have to work my head to get it. Because right. my mom was like, well, I know you want it, but I have no money for it. So right. I have to work for that sweatshirt that I always wanted to. And this is a story, a real story that I always told my kids. When I was younger, I used to dream myself wearing red pants and a white sweatshirt. <laughs> and then... It took me like two years 
to get that white sweatshirt and those red pants. But I was saving every day two pesos of my paycheck. Or hey. that, that time I was making 120 pesos per week. So I was saving wow. two pesos and every week to get that. So that's how you do it. I yeah. Mean, that's how I did it. And, and well, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Keep finishing. I didn't mean to interrupt you. There. Yeah. I mean, like I said, my kids are like, well, that was in your time. Now time is different. No, it's not different. It might seem different. Why? Because you do have technology that it buy you everything. There are certain things the technology is not going to do it for you. You have to get up and do the work. Right. Well, you uh, remind me a lot of the ways that I was brought up. Uh, I tell everyone that uh, ever since I can remember, the expectation was you're going to take care of yourself. We're going to get you through high school. After that, you're on your own. And, yes, you're going to take care of your children, too, and you don't rely on other people to give you anything. And, and everything you uh, uh, get out of life, you got to work for it and earn it. And you're right. It just seemed like in a decade or two, uh, we got a bunch of young people who have lost uh, what it means to work and sacrifice for success and what you want. And you also reminded me that when I was young, I tell my story, and then we'll, we'll start wrapping it up because you got to get back to work. When I was young, I always wanted a blue pin, navy blue pinstripe suit, a white shirt, and a red and blue tie because uh, Eric, my grandmother had a picture of the late President Kennedy who was assassinated. And he had on this pinstripe suit and he was dressed like that. And I'm like, as soon as I get a chance, I'm going to buy me. And that's exactly what I did. And I just remember, and I was in college, went in the bank at Pharmacy Mechanics to open up an account. And they thought I had money, but they didn't know I just had enough money to buy that suit and come <laughs> in and, and, and open up a bank account. So really, um, uh, you've been very, very uh, impressive uh, in what you've achieved in your life. I'm really, really uh, uh, noticing your attitude and your work ethics and I really, really wanted to dive in a little bit and get a, learn a little bit more about that because that's really what it's all about. And I teach my kids the same way. I don't have time to listen to how unfair things is and what's happening. Nah, unless you just put your mind to what you want to do and go out and do it. And once again, we're not one of those uh, shows or podcasts that sit around and talk about all the obstacles and how unfair life is. Uh, we're one of those podcasts that, yeah, that's true, so what? Let's go out here and, and make things happen and get things done and make sure that you can take care of yourself and your family. So it sounds like you and your husband uh, have uh, come together as a family and done great things. I like some of your comments about your marriage, too, because all of us who's been married for a while, we understand uh, all that stuff. I've been married 35 years, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but uh, I think it was Jordan Peters who said that, Marriage is not a, 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 a an achievement of, of happiness. It's about compromise and networking and working together and sacrificing and, and, and having common goals. And I would add, uh, first and foremost, too, it's about our family and raising our children. And I think uh, once we start putting our children first, 
uh, we will see our children changing uh, uh, to a certain extent. So really, really, I know you got to go back to work. Uh, I I love your smoothies. In fact, you got the best smoothies in town, people. <laughs> and, and really, and, and at a good price. And that's yeah, what let, I let people decide if it's really the best taste on the planet. But one more thing that I wanted to say, all mm -hmm. this that we've been doing is, am I not nothing for other people? But for us, for me, coming from where I come, it, it's a lot. But the most important thing is to show my kids it don't matter where you're coming from. It don't matter who you are, what's your color, what's your race, where you grow, what life throw you into. If you want to do it, you will get success. But you have to willing to do what it takes. Oh. Wow. I can't end the show on a better note than that because it's so very seldom that our children hear that message. Like I say, uh, the message that they're hearing nowadays make, we wanna, make them want to go out in the street and pro protest and forget about America and talk about how bad it is and everything else. And so that's an excellent message. That's not doing uh, anything good. It, it, it's not. It's not. But they've been indoctrinated to believe that. Uh, so uh, I really appreciate that message. Looking forward. I'm going to have you back on, by the way, and uh, sometime later on this year and see how things are going with your smoothie operation. Between now and then, I probably would have bought 100 or so smoothies from you myself. And I expect, right. <laughs> and, and, and I expect a cut of the profit whenever you start turning a profit for my loyalty and everything. No, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I just wish you, your husband, and your family well, and I just appreciate uh, your accomplishments and your achievement, your attitude, and everything you bring, and your personality, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so, you. so say, say hello to Seth for me, and uh, I'm yeah. quite sure uh, as I keep coming to get smoothness down there, I'll beat your children over time. So really appreciate it, uh, and uh, look forward to seeing you again. In fact, I know I'll see you before the end of this week. Uh, All and, and I need to let my audience know, uh, thanks for the special smoothie you made for my little grandson when he was down there. He loved it. So, okay. Oh, I love that. All right. So it. thank you very much, Maricela. And uh, keep up the good work. Keep achieving. And keep being tenacious and hardworking. So thanks a lot. And uh, talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was a very uh, inspiring story, I think. Uh, lady come here and just her uh, people's attitude and i always talk about you know i'm gonna end it with this what i call the parts of life uh life is basically the same for everybody i know with a little few rough edges but things that matter and what separate the achievers i think from uh, most people is just your perspective your attitude how you react to things that happen to you good or bad and like uh, Maricela has proven, just a certain tenacity and never giving up on things. And then as also, because if you notice, she, uh, when the time was getting tough and they had to hang in there, she talked about her faith in God. And I know it's not politically correct to do that nowadays. And I know that's in some circles uh, an attack on uh, God and religion and everything else. But I think uh, all those things are important to achieve it in life. So thanks, my audience. Uh, we will be back next week, Wednesday at 7 p.m. with a special guest for you. This is Lacey Johnson saying be good, be great, and remember, guys out there, the best thing you can do for your children is to love their mother. Good night, everyone. From Bright Lights, this is Lacey Johnson. See you next week.